Welcome to a special episode of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, and in this episode, we have teamed up with our friends at Writers Republic. They help some great authors get their books out to the world, and I am working with them to get to know some of their authors, hear their stories, and the stories behind the stories, how the book got written, and you're going to get to learn both their stories and about some awesome books you're going to want to know about. So enjoy this special author edition of the Guy Who Knows a Guy. Hello and welcome. I am Michael Whitehouse, and today I am interviewing Richard Wharton, who has a really cool book called Something Unfamiliar. We are talking just before we got started. He was sharing a bit with me about it. Uh, I'm getting a copy from my daughter, and so I'm going to, in the course of the next few minutes, you're going to learn why you want to get some, guess, uh, probably a bunch of copies to give to anyone you know who has kids. Uh, So welcome, Richard. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So before we get to the book, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a military brat. I was uh, born in Germany, uh, kind of raised in the UK, traveled all over the place with my parents, both serving in the military. Um, when I got out of high school, I joined the military myself. Uh, I did seven years in the military, three tours to the Middle East, got out, went to college. After college, I uh, started on my own endeavor as a content creator online with different social medias. And uh, I got to a point to where I wanted to write a book about an experience that I had with my son. So I, I wrote something unfamiliar and it was recently published and I'm pretty excited about it. Great. Um, so if we're into the book, before we, we went on the air, you were telling me about the story of how the book came about, which I thought was really interesting. So uh, share that with the audience. Well, um, my son, he struggled with night terrors and he had a lot of nightmares and he struggled with the dark and there was a lot of sleepless nights for us parents. And what was interesting about his whole experiences with the night terrors is that he had a visitor is what he was telling us about. He was being visited by a robot man. And that was quite alarming for his mother and I. And um, he finally asked me to stay in his bed one night. And uh, I did to see if this robot man would show up. And of course he didn't, but I wanted to help my son get over his fear of the dark. And I had already been talking with his teacher and she had explained to me that he had been talking about it at school and he'd been talking about it with his friends at at recess and things of that nature and so i thought of a little white lie that i didn't think would hurt him and i said that the robot man did come to visit and uh, i went with him into his world and i helped him to where he didn't need to come back to visit my son and so after that i told him yeah you're not gonna be visiting anymore he's had peace of mind and he was able to start sleeping again through the night, but it kind of sparked this idea in my head about a possible story mm. about the whole process he went through of trying to just process his fear of the dark and his night terrors, and then adding in some imagination to make it like a fun story for children. And that's kind of where something unfamiliar began. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that concept of of kind of turning it around. First off, embracing what your son was saying instead of being like, "No, there's no robot man. Stop. No, I, I need to sleep. Leave me alone." <laughs> you know, kind of going going into his world and 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 embracing it and taking you know taking that story is a really really powerful concept. Um, so how long did it take you to to finish this book? Well, collectively four years, and I had, it was <laughs> a long while, and it's it's not that long of a book. So it's what happened was I got to I read. Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. I wrote uh, the first half of it to where the little boy and the father goes through the closet threshold into the robot's world. And then I hit like a writer's block. I'm like, okay, now what, you know, what do I come up with from here? 
And uh, I had a lot of my friends and family members kind of read what I already had, and they all loved it. They're like, yeah, you need to finish this. You need to, you need to continue it. And I'm like, I don't know where to go with this. And I, I, I like I used other children's books as a reference. And, you know, they all had kind of like an underlining theme of, you know, just like a normal story, the intro, the climax, and then, you know, resolution, things of that nature, uh, at nature, excuse me. And I wanted to kind of follow suit, but I couldn't think of anything. And that's when I started my content creator journey. I did that for about three years. And then um, I myself went through some personal things to where it was suggested that I cut back on my content creation journey and focus on something else. And I took that advice and I went back to my book. And then all of a sudden, like my creativity came back to me and I was able to get past whatever that writer's block mm -hmm. that I had and then finish the story. And that's probably, that's why I took four years because I took a long break. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, sometimes you have to go through that journey to get there. And, uh, but it sounds like you made something, you know, well worth the time doing that. Um, now, so you employed some ambiguity in the story you said uh, in, in terms of doing that. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I wanted it to be, kind of relatable because I, I know a lot of children struggle with the dark. Um, and I think that just has to do with the unknown because you can't really see that well in the dark, obviously. Mm -hmm. And as a young kid, you know, your imagination gets the best of you and you can't really make things out. And I wanted that to be relatable, like I said. So I left it ambiguous to where, you know, other children can kind of insert themselves as the child with it, not have like the little boy doesn't have a name and the father it doesn't, he doesn't have a name. And so, you know, I wanted the father to also be ambiguous to where anybody else reading could be that individual. And I kind of kept that theme throughout the book just so in hopes that it would be relatable for others or they could insert themselves as that character in the story to kind of help them out. Because I imagine there's other people out there whose children struggle with the same thing that my kid did to where maybe this might help them out. Yeah, I can say being being very powerful. Um, I mean, I, my, I have a seven-year-old daughter, so she doesn't have those kinds of night terrors, but I can definitely, there's a few nights when she's like, I stay in your room. So I definitely, definitely know what you're talking about there. Yeah, sure I have, a lot of I audiences have, as well. I have two um, boys and both of them went through that similar thing where they wanted to sleep with mom and dad just because they couldn't stay in their own room. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us about the, the, the robot world. What are some of the underlying tones of that? Okay, so this is where it kind of gets into like my personal, um, like why I stopped content creation. I kind of went through a little mental health crisis. And it was suggested that I turn my creativity into something else rather than the content creation, you know, on social media and things of that nature. So I put it into the book. And so the underlining tones that can be found in the robots world are how I was viewing the world at the moment mm -hmm. where I was in my like depressive state. I was sad. I felt lonely. I felt broken. And I knew that, you know, I was, I needed to be fixed. And so I was doing what I needed to get help. And the book was my outlet for that. And so the robot world is how I was viewing the world at the time. And uh, what I really love about how the robots knew to go to the children to, to help them is, is how I felt. Like I really leaned on my children at that time. And those are some of the underlining themes that can be found in the story. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's so like knowing that the children are more, more carefree and in touch with their, that natural energy. Oh yeah. You know, they, they see things in a different point of view than adults do. You know, we're very inside the box. The children are very outside mm -hmm. the box and you get that view from a child in this okay. story. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of drawing. Um, so it's not so much you, you were leaning on your children as you were kind of drawing that, 
that that freedom and energy from them. Correct. I love that. Um, so so what comes next for Richard Wharton, the the author? Uh, continuing because I left it <laughs> with a lot of open questions that I imagine any reader who picks it up and be like, yeah, this father because there's a lot of scenes where he's asking these questions and they don't get an answer. Mm. And as a reader, I would want to know those answers as well. And so I left it open on purpose so that I can do more stories. And I've already started on the next one. And I'm really excited about it because it can go a lot of different ways, but I still want to keep it with the same theme of the first one of, you know, a child in need and helping others in need. And, um, you know, both parties, you know, getting the hope that they need as well. So I Trying to keep that theme in all these continuing books is a challenge because I don't want it to be the same, um, like fear of the dark to be continued in the rest of them. I want it to be different fears or concerns mm -hmm. that children commonly come across and just a process of how they can go about processing those emotions, either with help from others or from experiences. And so I want to continue that with, with future books with this storyline. Nice. Okay. That's a great Great concept. So kind of <clears throat> you think in the same universe or just, just similar storylines or it's definitely in the same universe, same storyline. Um, however, I'm bringing in other robots, other humans, and it's not going to be, you know, just the same one that we're following right now. It's going to be a collective. Uh, I guess I could kind of release some of the information from where the robots world is. It's so vastly large that you couldn't traverse it. Like we can ours, you know, with like planes cars mm -hmm. um you know you name it however we traverse the world they can't do that because it's so large they have mm -hmm. to use portals to get around because of how large it is and so with that concept that they're able to come into our world through a portal in theory they can go to other parts of our world with their portals get their world help and so that's kind of what the the message is with the, the continuing books from here on out Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around the information. I apologize because I, I don't want to give way too much too early on. Yeah. Yeah. And well, but yeah, so some great ideas, great concepts there. And, and you built a great canvas to paint on by having such a large world and the portals. And, um, you know, when I think a mistake some authors make, they paint themselves into a corner mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, I already defined the whole world. I defined the world government or I defined, you know. Whereas if you have this large world, no matter how much you write, you guys be like, oh, the world's really big. And meanwhile, over here, even further over, we thought it was the edge, but there's another city over here or another kind of robot over there. And, you know, where the robots come from and why are they on this world? And there's there's a lot you can explore that lets people really, really dive oh, into yeah. it. Which... Oh, yeah. A lot more information to come into future books because of everything you just said. And mm -hmm. um Oh man, I had I had a thought there. I just I just lost it. I apologize. That was an amazing thought. Amazing thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Uh, so so who are uh, what is their uh, target age range of, of uh, kids who really? It's definitely in the younger age range because uh, the book itself, you know, the pages. It's, it's 33 readable pages and 33 mm -hmm. illustrated pages that I did, and I set it up to where a parent would be reading to their mm -hmm. child. But, you know, imagine if the child's a little bit older. It's like I have a nine-year-old son, and yep. uh, he, he can pick it up and read it himself, and he loves the book, especially since he knows that the child's based off of him. So he mm -hmm. tells his teacher all about all his friends all about it, and he likes to go around showing people it. It's, it's really quite cute. He's like my biggest fan. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so it's not – yeah, because I was looking at it. looks like a great book for for uh, children who are just starting to read early chapter books and, and those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, definitely it, early on. Yep. Yeah, it's got – it has a uh, – 
art art on one page and the facing page has text. So it's it's bright and colorful and engaging uh, as opposed to traditional books, which, you know, I, I read quite a few regular books without pictures, but um, those tend to be a lot of black and white and words and more words and then a bunch more words. So for right. younger folks, the, the format you have, I could see being a really effective one, having the art on one side and uh, the, the words on the other. Um, now, and I believe you mentioned that you've you've already been recognized. This book's gotten a bit of recognition already. Uh, it has, which to my surprise, uh, I wasn't expecting. So I got the uh, Plume Award for Literacy Excellence that you can see here in the upper right hand corner. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when I had asked my publicist what that meant, because I had no idea what it was, I'm really ignorant when it comes to the author and writer's world. I'm learning everything as I go. Um, they took my. The just the written portion of my book, not with the pictures, and sent it to other branches uh, globally to different continents that they have influence in for feedback on the story. And all the feedback that came back was just great reviews. And because of that, it got the award for literacy excellence, which at the time I was like, okay, no big deal. But apparently it was a big deal. And then... um it's going to be in the Frankfurt uh, Book Fair in Germany this mm. this year, coming October. And I guess that's a pretty crowning achievement for a lot of authors as well, because they try to get into it. That's where, like, the book fair that all authors try to get in, wow. where all the major deals come from. And at the time, that didn't sink in with me either until after I tweeted about it and everybody started giving me all these, uh, you know, congratulations. I've been trying to do that for years. How did you do it? And my palms go up. I'm like, I, I guess I went to the right publisher. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm awesome. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's nice to have that type of feedback because you know, it's motivation to, to continue to put work into future books and it gives you kind of that validation of like, yeah, I did something good and you know, people like it. And um, that's one of those good feelings to, to have like a personal achievement. I always wanted to, to write and illustrate my own book. I didn't expect it to have any good reviews. I just wanted to do it as a personal achievement and to have all the good feedback come back, just, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings, I guess you can kind of say. Yeah, that, that is fantastic. And of course, people can go to the, the Writer's Republic website to get the book, writersrepublic.com. Right. Up the top, there's a little search box where they can type in Rich Wharton or something unfamiliar, and it'll pop right up there and get a copy book. And it looks like it's in uh, quite a few formats. I see hardcover, paperback, PDF, e-publish, uh, EPUB, Kindle. So whatever works for someone, they can get it there. So a lot of great ways to do it. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to share about both the book or the journey or your story that I, I have neglected to ask about? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. I feel like we covered quite a bit. Uh, I don't, I don't want to like ramble on. I sometimes <laughs> kind of like run off tangent and just keep going, but um, it's, it's one of those stories. Like I had mentioned that you want to, you want to read to your kid because it's an experience for both the parent and the child. Mm. And the fact that the illustrations you'll notice, like a, it uh, goes from very colorful being in our world and then they step through the threshold into the robots world and there's absent of color. And that's, that's difficult for, for me as the author to try to keep the child's attention because, you know, they're listening to their parent read, but I wanted, like you were saying, words on one side, picture on the other side. Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep the kid's attention on the page and there's, there's a lot of gray and dark colors and tones. So it was concerning and in regards, am I going to lose the child's attention? Am I going to lose their interest? And so trying to keep that balance was a challenge for me. And um, the way he goes about helping the world, I think, is very beautiful. And um, 
it, it touched my feelings after it was done to the point to where when I read it to my child, I ended up reading, excuse me, uh, crying to my own book. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that really pulled on the whole heartstring. I'm like, that's he's like, oh, dad, you really like your book. Huh? And I'm like, wipe it away. You're like, yeah, son, it's a real good book. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it does sound does sound great there. And uh, yeah, you, you um, of course, people want to learn how the how the child in the book solves it uh, of course mm-hmm. they should get the book but um you know you you shared it with me and it, it's a, a powerful concept of the power of of children to inspire adults which i absolutely i really really like so so again the book is something unfamiliar by richard wharton and uh i'm i'm gonna be getting a copy of it uh, I'm, I'm glad that we met because i was looking at it, I'm like oh, my daughter loved this book so i'm gonna be getting a copy of it absolutely I appreciate that support that's awesome and uh and anyone watching you should definitely get a copy as well it is uh, it is money well spent for a fantastic book. Uh, you know, there's a lot of books out there and sometimes you get them and you're like, oh, this book's, eh, it's okay. But, but this is really, it, it's inspired and you can really, you know, you can really feel your passion for it talking to you. So, so it's been really great to learn your story. Thank you Thank so you. much for giving us the time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.